0: Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. Each week, we come together and we talk about theology and ministry leadership and all these different topics with the intention of strengthening you, encouraging you, and giving you a perspective on ministry and how to serve the Lord as best you can, full of faith. And this week, we're going to have a conversation specifically about what it means to have a biblical view of church. What does it look like to be a successful church, and can we find a model for that in Scripture? I think if you were to ask a hundred pastors about what it means to have a successful local church, uh, they'd probably give you a hundred different answers. Some might say something about numerical growth. Uh, Others might say something about meeting some performance objectives or Or executing some sort of ministry plan Uh, still some yet might say it's it's you know the proliferation of a brand or marketing their church in some way and and all of those things uh are divergent from what we see in a biblical model there's actually examples in scripture that we can find that tell us what it looks like to have a successful local church in terms of what god wants to get done and so uh this week we're going to be interviewing pastor dan Renault of living faith lee summit he's also a church planter uh, striving to have a biblical model for his own local church and we're going to be discussing the church in antioch and we're going to be using that church uh, in the book of acts as a discussion point for what it means to have an example or have a model uh, to follow after with clear objectives and, and, and clear ministry purposes that we can all follow as local churches ourselves. And so welcome back to the show, Dan. Thank you. It's so Thanks good for to have yeah. Um So before we, this is a big topic and we, I wanna give plenty of space to kind of you know, expositionally walking through what we find in scripture about the church in Antioch. I wanna give plenty of space to do that. But before we do, I wanna ask you, um, why is it that the church needs biblical examples today? The church today needs to be able to look back at scripture and find examples to help guide them and lead them in the way that they conduct business and live out the mission.
1: Well, we, we talked about this before this interview now, but, um, I think right now you're seeing a lot of churches doing whatever they think they want to do. Um, you know, and, and whether that's, you know, based upon some type of uh, book that they've read, or some type mm-hmm. of initiative, or you know, and so there's all types of ways to grow your church, and this and that, mm-hmm. and yet right. none of them are, are are biblical. And in some ways, you, you see people having success. You know, and and we have to ask the question: What that means? What what success is it? A
0: a worldly measurement, right? What what? How are we measuring? Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And so, but yeah, it's absolutely important that we have a biblical example, and not to get into the weeds too much. But obviously, we can see that in Antioch Mm -hmm. that we this is a biblical example, and and there's different passages in the Book of Acts that that give us insight into what this church was like. And then later on, we see through Paul's missionary journeys what, what, what he was like right. as being one sent from this church. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's absolutely imperative that we yeah. have biblical examples that we're not just trying to figure it out on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to. No. We don't have to. No. Uh, and yet, I believe that for many Christians, this is where we can see whether or not we truly do believe that the Bible is our final authority. There's a lot of people who want to say that. Mm-hmm. The Bible is my final authority. Um, but in reality, um, our actions say otherwise. Yeah, And so it is true that, that the Bible gives us a picture as to how we can operate the local church today.
0: Okay, so we're gonna look at Antioch and we're gonna figure out what we can learn and what we can glean from that particular church. But bef- before we do, we know that the book of Acts is a historical narrative And so, because of that, getting some context before we're introduced to the church in Antioch is important. Do you mind kind of walking us through what we encounter before we are introduced to the church in Antioch in Acts chapter eleven?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we could
0: go really far back, and we we probably got to be careful for that.
1: But obviously, we we begin with the Jerusalem church Mm -hmm. um, in Acts two, and uh, you know, I I think sometimes the Jerusalem church gets a lot of flack you know, and, and for for some reasons, and and we understand why, but man, a lot of good things were happening yeah. in this church, a lot of great things, and, and God was moving in this church. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we have is is there was a problem in the sense that Acts 1.8 told the church to to go, you know, yeah. go from, you know, Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. Right, And I believe that the Jerusalem church um, didn't fully understand, you know, this right. commission that was given. Uh, I think, and I think it was a struggle for Jews to understand that, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can tell that from Peter, his own, his own example. Like, I think he wasn't trying to be disobedient, but yet they were still struggling through it. And so what we have is that there was a failure to go to the uttermost. And so through that, there was then a scattering. Mm -hmm. And so there's a scattering. We see that from, from the stoning of Stephen, that there's, you know, many of, of the church were, were scattered due to the persecution. Right. And so, from Acts two, Acts seven, uh, we now find ourselves um, in Acts ten, uh, where Peter is going to Cornelius, yeah. who's a Gentile. That's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Acts eleven shows up, and now Peter's coming back to the Jews, and they're kind of upset because he's saying uh, Gentiles got saved, right? And, and they're trying to
0: figure that out. And we can't de-emphasize the significance of that. So, if we've got listeners who aren't fully aware of the relevance of this Jewish Gentile, you know. Um, dialectic that takes place uh obviously the the book of romans kind of spells a lot of that that problem out galatians talks about those problems but but basically the gist of it is that that the jews that became believers in jesus christ uh, struggled to identify the heathen gentile as one that could also receive jesus christ because they believed that this faith and in some rega- regards, rightfully so, was birthed from their Old Testament Judaism, and it's what they were taught, and it's and it's what they were taught that this faith, this faith, is for the Jewish people. Really neglecting the fact that they are intended, even from the beginning, to be a blessing to the world. Mm-hmm. And so there's this neglect of Gentile, or as they would refer to it, heathen nations, um, and so that that cultural pressure, that societal pressure, that religious pressure is present. When Peter discovers, wait a second! I'm supposed to, I can eat what the what the Greeks eat, and I'm supposed to go to them, and then God's inviting me to do that, and then he comes back to the to his Jewish friends in Jerusalem, and they're like, "What did you do?"
1: Yeah, when they heard Acts one eight, mm-hmm. they heard, "Go to every Jew in Jerusalem, yes, every Jew in Judea, every Jew in Samaria, and every Jew in the uttermost." Yeah, and and we want to kind of fault them, but you have to understand that that the context of how they grew up, I mean, this was a huge undertaking. Mm-hmm. They they had found their Messiah, their King, right? And so, to a large degree, they were still he was still their King, the mm-hmm. Jews' King. Yeah, and they they trusted in him. Right. Uh, and so, go to the uttermost, tell every Jew. Yeah. You know, so maybe I'm reading into it, but but as you see it, that's the struggle.
0: Well, and that's how they practiced it. So, regardless of whether it was right, that's what It's, they it's what happened. Until yeah. so the the stoning of Stephen, which you which you referenced, there was a scattering, and and a lot of the the Jews did go and kind of hide away, but some of them some of them began to have influence in, um, in some of these Gentile regions, and we see you know cool things happening in Samaria and like mm-hmm. you know some of these short term missions trips that are taking place. Um, but then how does that how does what's happening there in in chapter ten and eleven lead us to the discovery of this church in Antioch, I think, is what we want to get to.
1: So obviously, Peter goes in Acts ten, kind of reluctantly. Mm-hmm. You know, he's. He, man, I love it that that, and I don't know exactly the passage in Acts ten where where it is, what verse, but but when he saw the people, you know, he he had gone this whole way, not really knowing what God was saying. Mm-hmm. He's going along. Yeah, he's he's going to go, but but he's still trying to figure it out. This right. is Peter the apostle. He, And he's he's not really for sure, like God, what are you doing? Yeah. But when he goes through that threshold, when he when he when he walks in and he sees all of the Gentiles who were waiting to hear about Mm -hmm. Jesus, it clicked. Now that's exciting.
0: That is exciting.
1: That's when all of a sudden, even even the apostle Peter, he he realized, Oh God, you've intended this for for the whole world, Mm
0: -hmm. not just us.
1: Now he's still working through it, but he gives the gospel. They come to Christ. They we, come to
0: Christ before he even finishes preaching. Oh man! I mean, it's just like the Holy Spirit just interrupts the whole thing. It gives People me goosebumps thinking about it. You it's know, amazing.
1: just just and and how faithful Peter was, not mm-hmm. knowing, you know, the the full extent of what he was supposed to do. And yeah. man, what a, what a testimony for us that just obey, yeah, just obey what God has called you to do. And but I don't understand. A lot of us don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why I'm supposed to do this or why I'm supposed to do this or whatever. Mm. Peter does, and he obeys God, and, and the Gentiles get saved. <laughs> Acts 11, people kind of are struggling with this because they have a wrong understanding of what the intent of, of God's uh, nature to them was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were saying it just a second ago. Israel was always intended to be used as a beacon to the world, right. to bring the world to God. Yeah, But for some reason, they couldn't get that. Mm-hmm. They couldn't fathom it fully. You know, And so Acts 11, we have you know, these people that were scattered abroad. And uh, I, I find it so compelling that that these individuals who were scattered, that they were strongly giving the gospel. Mm-hmm. They had no home. And I, and I can't remember exactly if that's Acts 11 19, 11, 19. it says, now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phenis and Cyprus and Antioch Preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. Verse 20. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's like an uh oh verse. That, I mean, this is like uh-oh, it's about to get real. Yeah. That verse, verse 20, is is such an incredible and important verse. So the Jews that were scattered, and I find this so incredible, they had no homes, they were homeless they were vagabond they were empty they had they had nothing that they could give to, to these to these people right. in these cities they they were going to people in their homes like mm-hmm. they weren't they weren't scattered they weren't vagabond they weren't empty but but i am mm-hmm. and i'm going to tell you about jesus yeah. it's incredible place of humility so you know? so the, the antioch church is birthed out of a missions movement of people that are vagabond empty homeless, have nothing to offer. They have no plan B. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would have a great effect on a church. Yeah. If all of a sudden you're realizing like you have nothing, but you have joy, you have hope, you have purpose, you have peace. You've been kicked out of your homes because of persecution. We don't understand that. Mm -hmm. We don't understand what that's like to to be, to have the government and those over you to be like, we're going to kill you or throw you in prison. If you don't deny Christ as the Messiah, Mm -hmm. I say, well, we got, we got to leave then. And so they travel this far distance. Most of them preach only to the Jews, because right. that's all they knew,
0: but not all of them. Right. Yeah. Tell us about these folks from Cyprus.
1: Well, man, what you see is is really simple. It's this awesome opportunity that, hey, shouldn't we tell them also? Yeah. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we give the gospel to the Grecians as well? And man, it keeps going. And the hand of the Lord, what a great phrase. Mm-hmm. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed. You have this ad hoc ministry. No plan. It wasn't like, let's do this. Let's you know make sure you're equipped this way. It's just like, we got to tell people about our Savior. And it says, and the hand of the Lord was upon them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's awesome.
0: So we see believers, there's an effectual open door in Antioch. And um, people are coming to Christ. Uh, and... There's a need. Okay. So so these are people who are coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. They've been evangelized, they've converted, but yet there's something that's missing. Do you mind reading on and yeah. explaining what was it, what was it that was needed in their lives and how did Barnabas fulfill that role?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is just so in line with with what we believe about discipleship yes. and, and mentorship. It yeah. says in verse 22 then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church. That's the church of Jerusalem, which was in mm-hmm. Jerusalem and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them, them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord.
0: Okay, so what do we need to know? I mean, because obviously we wanna tie this into our church context, like where we're at as local churches. when we are thinking about a model, what does Barnabas provide for us?
1: Well, and, and it's clear that Antioch, who's the baby church that's just just getting their their feet wet, mm-hmm. that Jerusalem, even though we want to poo poo Jerusalem sometimes, right? They send, yeah, Barnabas, a good man, a, yeah. a faithful man, you know, a righteous man. They send this guy to help this this new this new work. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about this passage, and when I think about applying it to, to our own lives. I think that that when a new work begins that it is so critical that we send encouragers. Yeah. Barnabas we, we if you study about Barnabas, this guy was a stud. Okay, he knew how to handle the book. Um him and him and Saul became Paul, they were they were a tandem man. Right. They 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 mess some things up. Yeah. Uh Barnabas knew what he was doing, but the very first thing that he's known for is that he's an
0: encourager. Yeah. His character is emphasized. <sighs> that is so
1: huge. Yeah. And so when I think about churches like Midtown, and, and I think about uh, Living Faith, what we want to become as a church, mm-hmm. and if God allows us to be a church-planting church, which is the goal, if God allows us to plant other works, you better bet that I'm, I'm going to send in some way an encourager. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're not going to stay there forever. Barnabas stayed for a good season. Yeah. But but he encouraged the new believers. Right. I think sometimes we, we, what we think about is like, okay, new people in the faith, they need to get the download. I need to tell you everything about everything. You know, we, we just like right. shove everything down their throat. And it doesn't say that. No. Now, now he stayed for a long time he and did. we know that, that, what was he doing? He was training up the believers. He, mm-hmm. was, he was encouraging them in the word. Discipleship was taking place. But how did discipleship take place? Encouragement. Right. That's big. Yeah. And we, and we like to skip over stuff like
0: that. You know, because there's so many other important things. Oh, these new believers just need to be encouraged in the Lord. Yeah, and I think that's what's unique. I think sometimes we forget what the ministry of edification really is, right? We want to make it about just this teaching component, but the teaching is intended to be an encouragement. It's supposed to build someone up. And so there's this other aspect, kindness, gentleness, meekness, patience. These, These fruits of the Spirit are crucial to successfully being a discipler of people. And it would be, be a church
1: planner. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about what a baby needs. Yeah. Do I need to be- Yeah, they need to be nurtured. Teaching all these things. Yeah. Now, now, there's a stage. I'm data, right? Mm-hmm. Mommy, right? <laughs> right. And, and we we start going in that direction. But first, yeah. man, it's like, I just love this stinking kid, man. Yeah. And I just want to be with it. I'm going to wipe its butt. I'm yeah. gonna, and it's going to poop its pants eight times a day. and sure. and, and I'm there every single one. And man,
0: if it smiles, I'm just gonna crack up and be like, let's get yeah. the camera out. You know? Every little success is your Everything is, yeah. is,
1: is amazing. Mm-hmm. And my heart is full because they're growing. Yeah. Well, that's not different. No. We need to encourage the new believers. And, and if we send people out, and sometimes we send out works, you know, to where it's not just like a, 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 a new faith coming up and, and, you know, like Antioch was new believers and right, right. they needed to get invested in but man if we send out 15 20 people to start a new work we need to be encouraging them we need to be encouraging the new people it's just as relevant to come to lord to be there for them because
0: we've been a part we've been a part of churches or we've witnessed churches that would have been um would have been active in terms of church planting but to how to support that work they wouldn't have known They didn't know, mm-hmm. and so what that does is we can see the long term fruit of that is that that lack of encouragement, that lack of support, actually stunts the development of the plant itself, so that it can't grow uh, the way it should. And to be a model church as well, right? Right. To to become the model church that it needs to be long term,
1: which we know, skip to the future, but but not trying to jump there. Yeah, and that becomes what happens.
0: that's what happens, right? Because
1: yeah. they had encouragement before. Think about all the churches that we know that. Man, wouldn't it have been great if they just had someone in their corner. Mm. The pastor was all alone. Yeah. He's just slugging it out, doing the best he can, but yeah. he has no one there. Right. Sending Church says, "Hey, we love you. We'll send you a Christmas gift every year," you know? Right. God bless. Yeah. That's not really how it looks. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like hey, if you're going to be our and and what 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 happens? That discourages people. Mm-hmm. Not only does it discourage the church that was planted, it discourages the the sending church.
0: Yeah. The sending church goes. Oh, we must have messed something up. Well, maybe we did. Or even just as bad, they must have screwed something up. Mm, oh, oh, <laughs> right. Like, and then we accuse. Yeah. We because you know, and Sam has ourselves. said
1: this. You know, where there's not good communication, there's there's um, uh, speculation. Yeah. And where speculation exists, there's evil surmising. Yep. Always. Yep. Uh, well, they must not really want to have our DNA or. Yeah, do it. right. and, and it's yeah. it's like no, maybe they could have just used some encouragement. Sure. Go down there.
0: Yeah. Just and, love them. And one of the things that that our church is running into, and I'm sure a lot of the Living Faith Fellowship churches are running into, is they as they discover the faith, the doctrine, the discipleship, the philosophy that exists in so many of our of our churches, um, they're they're reaching out. They're like, we need we need a, our church needs discipleship. Our church needs LFBI. Our church needs encouragement. We we want what you have. So there's these fledgling churches who are tied to nothing, right? They've been left out on their own, and mm-hmm. out in the cold. And they need Barnabases in their life. And I mm-hmm. think that we should take that role seriously. Yes. Uh, and God will show us what that means. But but we should take the role of encourager, edifier, uh, discipler, even one church to another, seriously.
1: It's easier when it is your fruit. Mm-hmm. These were people from Jerusalem that were scattered. And all of a sudden the church in Jerusalem realized that there was a need. So I think that does make it easier. Sometimes it's harder. But there's some separation
0: uh, too. I think for the church in Jerusalem, they're like, how'd this happen? Where'd this church There must've been.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was just these gangbusters, man, who had lost everything, but they found their savior. Mm -hmm. They had found their king. Yeah. So I'm gonna represent my king. Mm -hmm. Again, they were Jews coming out of Jerusalem. They didn't fully understand the full concept of Gentile and Jew becoming one. They were serving their Messiah, their newfound king. I'm gonna do whatever. If I lose my home here, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I, I got my king. Wow, yeah, pretty great. Yeah, um, but yeah. So when I when I when I think about the need for encouragement, um, it doesn't stop there though. And and I I have to look at it again. It says uh, verse twenty three. So they sent Barnabas, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad. Yeah. Now, so number one we need to be encouraging new believers new churches but we need to see the grace of god and and one of the things that i believe that that we struggle with a lot of times whenever we see new works is we see all the problems
0: yeah just the weaknesses we see the
1: weaknesses we see the sin Mm -hmm. we see well this guy got saved but he's still living with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and so we're just doing this analyzing of like sin sin problem not a disciple and, and we're just i mean we're just Lay in waste yeah. to what could be a future representation mm-hmm. of God's continued grace. What Barnabas saw when he went to Antioch. Think about Antioch. Antioch was maybe five hundred to eight hundred thousand people. Mm. So this is a huge city. Mm-hmm. It was it was a, a city of debauchery. I mean, this wasn't Jerusalem, right? Following the law. This is Antioch. Yeah, people are coming to Christ, both both Jew and and Grecian. They're coming to Christ. It would have been easy for Barnabas to walk into Antioch and go, "Oh no. Yuck. This place <laughs> is nasty." Yeah. You know what he saw? The grace of God. Yeah, that's powerful. And it made him glad. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I think about what we can do for for church plants or for for new believers, is we can encourage them and I can just go, "I see the grace of God on you." Yeah. Now, not trying to be naive. Mm-hmm. I can see all the problems, but he didn't focus on that. Right. And maybe this sounds super pie in the sky, but I don't think that, I think I can get there. Right. We can
0: talk about this. It doesn't things. have to be either or. It doesn't not, have to be either, it's either or. It's not, it's not like, because obviously, we're going to see here in a second, Barnabas assessed the weakness of the church and responded. In the next verse yeah. that, that we, can, we can talk about in just a second. Yeah. yeah, But at the exact same time, he was also full of joy knowing Knowing that God was at work in this place. He,
1: he did something. Yeah. God, and I think sometimes we, we, we minimize this. Mm-hmm. God took people that were lost and separated from him, and now they were restored. God restored them back to him. They will never be separated from him again.
0: Right.
1: Incredible. The, the chasm that we can never cross, but he did because, because of Christ. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Barnabas saw that. Yeah. Barnabas looked in Antioch and he saw all these new believers and he's just going, wow, God, you did this. Mm-hmm. This is what you did. We can talk about the X, Y, Z sin. You know, Man, you're gonna make such a mess. Yeah, of course. But mm-hmm. because they were babes in Christ, he knew that. Right. He was ready for it. And so we have to be willing to encourage, but we also have to be willing to see the grace of God in, in the people's lives. And, and not be like, well, you know, at Midtown, you know, yeah, we, we right. don't do this and, yeah, yeah. and, and or living faith. Mm-hmm. We, man, God is doing a work. We can talk about the things.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Yeah. And we do. And we yeah. do get there. Right. So that, let's shift into that. So, so Barnabas is looking around, he's assessing the situation and he realizes pretty quickly that there's more work to be done than he can handle. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we see that. In verse 20, let's see. 25. 25, yeah. In verse 25, it says, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. Seems kind of random, right? Mm -hmm. But he's like, Okay, guys, I got to go. I'm going to go find somebody. (laughs) So he goes and he seeks Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch." Mm-hmm. So break that down for us and tell us what's happening there and why that.
1: Well, even forward. before that, verse 23, if, if you go on, it says, "'Who, when he came, and had seen the grace of God, was glad,' and," what does is, what is Barnabas do? "'And exhorted them all, mm-hmm. that with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord.'" Right. Okay, so he's also challenging them. Mm-hmm. He is He is setting the mark high. Mm-hmm. So, so you're like, well, Dan's trying to preach to like all grace, you know, right, right, no right. truth. No, 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 like he sees he's the teaching. grace of God. He is glad, he exhorts he's them, correcting them. Yeah. And, and he says, with purpose of heart, cleave unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. So he, he tells them, he gives them a call. Well, what happens from that? Well, a lot of people get saved, Right. a lot of people come to the Lord. Barnabas all of a sudden realizes after encouraging, after seeing the grace of God, after calling them to a strong faith. So he's not just trying to grow a mega church. He's trying to grow deep church. Mm-hmm. Like this is going if Antioch's going to survive it's going to be cuz it's it's founded on the yeah, scriptures. It's strong it needs to be strong. Well, all of a sudden people get saved because the real gospel is powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. Barnabas realizes I think I need some help. And so he grabs Paul. I mean and and I think it because of the of the fruit, because of the success, but also I believe Barnabas knew that hey, I need some reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And maybe Paul has some insight that I could learn from as well. And yeah. so he grabs Paul and man or Saul at the time and God uses him to mightily teach, and both of them together to, in
0: tandem, teach them the scriptures. Mm. And, and, and it's amazing, because he could have grabbed just about anybody, right? Like, like he could have gone back to Jerusalem and found someone who would maybe have been willing, maybe someone that was an encourager or someone that was, maybe it was a, a, a deacon or whoever it was, but he, he found a man that was gifted in teaching. Yeah. Because what he realized he needed was someone who could teach the, the word, and no one could really do it better than Paul, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. People were confounded by him earlier on in Jerusalem when he visited there. So so there's there's something really interesting about the need for teachers in a, in a body and in a in need for disciples specifically.
1: And, and I believe Barnabas was apt to teach, but oh, sure. I think that there's a reason as well.
0: Yeah, there was a lot, Let, of, let's teach, grab a lot Saul. of teaching to do.
1: And, and who was Saul? Right. A Pharisee? Taught by Gamaliel? And now he's going to the Grecians? I mean— it's 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 important. I think mm-hmm. this was important for Paul as well, but but God uses Paul or Saul in this in this manner in a very provocative manner.
0: So then, talk to us a little bit about the significance of discipleship in the local church. We don't need to spend a lot of time here, but I think it's always important for us to reiterate our philosophy on discipleship and the need to ground people in the truths of God's word and what that does to produce a church like the Antioch church yeah. that was solid and foundational. Well, i think sometimes we think that maybe we talk about it all the
1: time but that's mm-hmm. probably because we should and do um if we want to bring it back to the context of having a model church how are you going to have a model church if you don't disciple and so mm-hmm. it's critical that antioch didn't just accept the lord they weren't just saved new new people were added unto the lord you know yeah no afterwards okay all of this new fruit we're going to spend some time, a whole year, right? Breaking down the scriptures so that you have an understanding. Daily. This would have yes. been daily. Yes, yeah. so that you have an understanding of the scriptures. Would this be like our discipleship process? Probably that and more. Yeah, probably that and more. Yeah. So this was a uh, so so now comes the download mm-hmm. after the encouragement after I see the grace of God on this place I rejoice mm-hmm. I'm going to provoke you to a a high calling I'm also going to bring some reinforcement yeah so that yeah. we can teach you. You know, strong doctrine mm-hmm. over the next year.
0: Yeah, because they knew zeal would eventually fade out. Like zeal, zeal without know. knowledge is right. very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it makes me think a little bit too about churches that don't have a strong philosophy of discipleship. Maybe they they relegate discipleship to what they do in a Sunday morning. It's a class fellowship or a, it's class a program, or whatever. And they don't take the mentorship process seriously, and the really te- the, the deep teaching of of strong doctrine. And, and so then you have a church that's not completely unified doctrinally, and it's easier to fracture a body like that. And I think COVID was a great example of how churches failed because they didn't have strong discipleship in their church, or maybe it's a social justice movement or a political issue that, that creeps up. And, and so there's all these different varying philosophies, and ideas within the local body, mm-hmm. and it just allows the body to come apart in ways um, um, that it shouldn't. And discipleship protects against that because everyone's on the same page. Yeah. I think it's a really powerful thing.
1: Well, and I think we all, we all, every church does discipleship. Mm-hmm. It's just we have different words for it. Yeah. You know, and, and we have different philosophies as to what it really is. Mm-hmm. You mentioned social justice, or you, you there's, there's certain movements that we could ascribe to and we could call that discipleship. Uh, I believe that every church, if you talk to them, you know, you know, and you mentioned the word discipleship, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And and it usually is a program or it's a Bible study. Um, it's something that we do on Wednesday nights, and uh, you're failing to see what biblical discipleship truly really can be, mm-hmm. that it's not just a Bible study. It's the transfer of life. It's the engagement of one soul with another soul, teaching the Word of God, but also having an expectation that, that you're going to live it out. Yeah. That as a learner, you will then at one point become a saint. Yeah you'll be set apart, you know, that you've given up this life that was yours for the purposes of God. Right. Um, when we truly accept discipleship for what it truly is, not a program, not, you know, all these other things, um, that's when we see that you don't have to hire your pastors from LinkedIn, right? Right. You don't have to find a pastor from some other place. Uh, and And I'm not trying to talk about any church that does that. Okay. That's not the the goal of this. And I understand that there's times when that has to happen because of X, Y, Z problem or issue, but the goal, the goal should always be at least, and I'm just speaking for my own, you know, I'm not speaking as a representation of Midtown or anyone else, just for living faith. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to hire our own. We want to train our own. And so then the thing that you're talking about, like with, with DNA being fractured, well, why is DNA fractured? Because we're not training our people. Yeah. But if we train our people to the level of pastorate, and 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 we're we're constantly sharpening one another with the Word of God, well, I think we're gonna have less of those problems.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the show. We're gonna pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute.
1: Hi, my name is Andy Cardona, and I gave my life to the Lord three years ago, and I didn't know how to follow the Lord, and. I was, by the grace of God, plugged in at Midtown Baptist Temple and started doing discipleship. And, and for the first time, I learned how I can have a, a relationship with God and, and, and the importance of knowing His Word. And every time I would read it, I just wanted to know it more and more. Each class that I take it's not something that I will never ever use. It's something that I, as soon as I, le- I leave the room or I leave the video chat, I'm able to actually put into practice. It's so much fun to learn the, the Word of God. Uh, And I'm so grateful that LFBI was able to provide that environment for me, that culture of of loving the
0: Word of God and learning the Word of God, but doing and applying the Word of God so we are able to have an answer for the lost people. If that interests you at all, please visit lfbi.org and consider enrolling in classes. Yeah, and then you have a plethora of leadership. And so then you're not only supporting your own work, but it makes possible the church planting. It multiplication makes is the now possible if we truly are doing self,
1: discipleship. That's right, the, the right way. If yeah. we're doing it the right way, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: man, that's that's really good. Uh, so what we have in Acts chapter twelve is more persecution. Um, the one of the most sorrowful stories for me in scripture is to watch James die. I know.
1: <clears throat> and then right away Peter. I mean, it looks like everything's falling apart. Oh man, it's, it looks like this church that we were starting following the Messiah. Mm-hmm. It's not working. Yeah, I mean, if if you were following James, who's the man? Yeah, and then Peter, who's this you know strong individual and strong leader? I mean, like in a, in a couple of verses. Yeah, James is killed. That that's already crazy. But then right away, Peter is
0: is taken, and and everyone knows that the same thing is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's what it's what they it's, expect, and so they like tuck themselves away. There's there's mourning. <laughs> it's it's kind of a chaotic situation without spending too much time there mm-hmm. we get um we get to we come back it's like a you kind of clip away and then clip back to what's going on in antioch and in the beginning of acts chapter 13 we see the church in antioch and it's it's thriving it's a different and, place and this is where we see that the discipleship has worked so let's begin there if you don't mind let's look at acts chapter 13 and i'll just read uh you know from the beginning here i'll let you speak into some of the things that we see. So in verse 1, now there were in that in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And as they ministered to the Lord, they fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So before we get into verse 2, can we just take a second to describe this... Eldership that we see at the top uh, of the, the church, these leaders, these are, this is a multicultural mm-hmm. assembly of leaders, which I think is a very important thing for us to consider. Maybe you can speak into that just a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, coming from Kansas City Baptist Temple and then Midtown Baptist Temple, it's definitely the desire of my heart for living faith to be that as well in Lee Summit. And uh, I just know what it offers. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in my own history. Yeah, what does it offer? Uh, a perspective that's not your own. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you start to see people and and hear people and and you listen to stories uh, as to where how people came to Christ, and your world gets larger. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just gets so much larger, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and you start seeing that God is big, mm-hmm. and He's doing a big work because mm-hmm. He's working in. XYZ country here and there and and you and you start seeing this this wonderful expression of God's grace on the world. Mm-hmm. It, not just Kansas City, not just Lee Summit, but but everywhere. Yeah. And and it's good, you know, on a practical side, it's just good to represent our culture. You know, what what does our city look like? Yeah. You know, as God allows, can we be a church that reflects our that community? reflects it? I mean, yeah. that's just so good. And And uh, not that we would be this church or that church, and you're you're not trying to force anything, but just that that we'd reach our community. Mm -hmm. That's just good in its own right. But but when you see people from so many different walks of life, and whether international or even just regional, it does open your eyes to see how
0: much God loves this world. Yeah, and uh, and and you can appreciate what God is doing. Mm -hmm. It's it's gold. It's really good. Yeah, and and so these guys are praying. They're fasting. And the Holy Ghost is speaking to them, giving them insight that these men, Barnabas and Saul, which we would now be considered members of the Antioch church, mm-hmm. right? Um, Barnabas, <clears throat> somewhere along the way, moved his membership from the church in Jerusalem over to Antioch. This was his church now, mm-hmm. and it wasn't Jerusalem that was going to send him out. It was going to be Antioch that sent him. But th- that they, there's this discovery among the leaders. It's confirmed in their hearts that actually, Barnabas and Saul have more work to do, and, and they'll be better used somewhere else. Now, s- use that as a platform to speak about the health of Antioch, but then also the um, the objectives of Antioch. But then, lastly, the s- the leadership structure necessary for the work of order. There's a lot there in that one verse. Could you break oh, that down? A, there's for a us? ton. Yeah.
1: Um, before that, if we go <clears throat> back to um, what we were talking about with with having a diverse church that reflects yeah, our sure. community. Um, I find it very Im- important and interesting that this is the first church that's in a Gentile area. So, so the very first church that we can recognize in a Gentile area can be our model, which which is our whole conversation right. today. But even in that way, yeah, even in that way, we we can say, man, if God you'd allow it, let mm-hmm. us let us look like that. Yeah, I like but, that. Um, no, I, I think when you when you consider just the first two verses, and maybe even just the first verse. What you find is that this church has, has gone from Acts eleven, which needed Barnabas and Saul to come to teach them, and now it says, "Now there were in the church mm-hmm. these guys." Yeah. So, so like you said, Barnabas is here, Saul is here. Uh, you know, you have Simeon uh, and Lucius and and uh, Menaean, You have you have these guys who are no, they're in this church. Yeah. It's not Jerusalem sending.
0: Yeah.
1: Antioch is going to be a a sending church. Something goes from, from Antioch being an attractional church, and, and not, to, not to use that word too, right. too flippantly, but, but come, mm-hmm. and that's what was happening. Come mm-hmm. to Christ, come to Christ. They've flipped from Acts 11 being attractional, like, look what Christ is doing. Come here, yeah, come right. here, yeah. to missions-minded. Yes, They've gone from attractional to like, see, come and see. Yeah, they're officially
0: a discipleship church.
1: They're a discipleship church, yeah. and they're a missions-minded mm-hmm. church. What I find so compelling about, about verse 1 is that this was a church if you want to be a missions-minded church if you want to make the leap to missions you got to be a church full of leaders
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we want to we want to touch the world yeah we want to da 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 then you better touch your own
0: yeah right you got to start teaching your own yeah if missions is just you giving finances to the guy that came and visited on wednesday night you know i hope you feel good yeah i hope that altruism makes you feel good at night right but that's not the objective and and what God wants us to do is raise up our own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From from, and that's what discipleship is. Mm-hmm. Well, discipleship and evangelism are two different
1: things. No, they're not. They're they're, they're tandem. Yes. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. If if discipleship is not dealing with missions or evangelism, then you're not doing it right. Right. Like that should be in the training. That should mm-hmm. be you know in the hopper, if you will. Yeah. And so if you want to be a church, and this is the very first thing that I notice when I look at Acts 13, is you better be a church full of leaders. Mm-hmm. You better look around and go, "Wow, we're
0: blessed." Yeah. Now. While we're blessed, we better we better stay on point. Which is why we pray and fast. Yeah, is because we want to protect that, protect what God's given us, but then also anticipate the going. Mm -hmm. Which I I think it you know it doesn't it's not explicit here, but they're praying and fasting as a habit, like as a lifestyle, with the intention that the Holy Ghost would reveal such things. Yeah, like because their heart was for the mission. That's right
1: but we got to wait for the Lord to, to move. Mm-hmm. Yes. It would have been easier for Midtown to hold on to me
0: mm-hmm. or and Mike. That, and the team. Uh, a, and your, the, team, the, team, the team. All the people uh, that go with you. For Mark in yeah. Tampa.
1: Um, but God didn't call Midtown to become a kingdom of its own. Right. Um, it's about his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hurts. It's difficult.
0: Yeah. It's always sad to say goodbye. Yeah. Of course. But it's right. It's the right thing. Um, and so. We'll have plenty of time in heaven to to catch up. I mean, I knew, I I've told
1: you this many times, but, but when I was in my early twenties, I knew that, that all of my friends around me, I wasn't going to be able to spend time with. Mm -hmm. I knew that God was going to call me, um, to places and I knew God was going to call them. That was the cool thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, bye guys, I'm leaving. It was all of us were going to start going in separate directions, but, but towards the same goal, the
0: same hill, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so that's encouraging. It's so encouraging. So, so talk to us about this decision making process in, in two. Uh, how, how do they get to a place where they're ready to separate them? And then, you know, go into verse three and talk about the sending itself.
1: Well, and I think you know, not only was it a church full of leaders, but it was a church full of servants. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, you're thinking, "Well, are you making this up?" No, verse two. And as they ministered to the Lord, so we have a church full of leaders. Yeah. If you want to be a model church, you better be a church full of leaders. Which means you better be discipling. You better be equipping. Uh, discipleship is not just like, well, this is the thing we do. It's got to be the focus that that I'm going to consistently be used of God. Whatever capacity, that's either from the pulpit, uh, in a small group, one-on-one, whatever that is, I'm going to be used in the discipleship ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be equipping and training up others because with the with the hope, as I'm fasting and praying, that we're going to keep sending out people yeah. into the world, whether yeah. that's locally, whether that's internationally, to Vietnam, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. And so we have to be people that are, that, are, that are growing in our faith. We have to be, have to be full of leaders, mm-hmm. but we better be full of ministers and servants. Um, if you don't have servants, which I love how, you know, man, I, I remember all the time Sam would say, man, if you're not willing to pick up a broom, if you're not willing to, to clean up a, a toilet, then you might not be ready. Yeah, you're not fit for leadership. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Keep coming. Right. The broom's waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not hard. No. And so they were full of of, of servants. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also willing to deny the flesh. You know, and you see that that they were willing to separate. Barnabas was willing to separate, and and Saul it would have been easy to stay there. This, sure. this church was now on fire. Yeah, but we had to be willing. A, a model church has to be willing to deny the flesh. That sounds so obvious. You know, that's that's like the easiest <laughs> message any pastor could ever preach. You got to be willing to deny the flesh. But I'm, I'm serious. We, if we want to be a model church, we have to be willing to separate ourselves to deny the flesh mm-hmm. to get to a point where, God, wherever you want, yeah, whatever you want. Right, right. Why would I ever want to leave Midtown? I got everything I need, perfectly content.
0: Yeah, and God would have continued to use you and et cetera, et cetera. But, but we have to be willing to deny the flesh to,
1: and, and separate ourselves. Yeah,
0: and the, and the transfer of that life... Uh, you know, I, think about the, I always think about the splitting of plants. You know you've got a big, robust perennial flower in your garden bed. But if that, that could grow, it could be big, it could be beautiful, but it's limited, right? The moment that you split it and you transfer that life somewhere else to another location, well, then there's new opportunity there. And that's the way it was always intended to be mm-hmm. with Jerusalem, with Antioch, with Kansas City, with Lee Summit, with, with any of the churches in our fellowship. Uh, We are not an end in and of ourselves. Um, I hope not. No, I pray to God that that never happens, or we'll be we'll look just like the Laodicean churches that we always diss on. You know what I mean? Like we are. That's who we are. We become stagnant. We're inclined to that as it is. Okay, so we have to actively fight against it. We have to, full of knowledge, know that we are inclined to this approach to ministry. It's good. We're tending that direction. We have to fight against that actively.
1: Yeah. I think we always think that stagnation is, is far away. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's like, we're, we're in the pool of it.
0: Yeah. We're one generation away from that I at mean, all times.
1: And so we have to constantly be focused on how we are. And it really is discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have to be consistently pushing our people. And that doesn't just mean teaching, but that means like a, a complete transformation yeah. of, our, of our life that I'm willing to be and recognize that I've been bought with the price. Therefore, I, I belong to God. Right. My agenda's gone. It's done. I'm, I'm gonna start living after his ag- agenda alone. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And so we have to be people that, that, that if, if we're gonna be a model church, we have gotta be leaders. We, we have to have leaders. We have to be servants. We have to be willing to, to separate ourselves, deny the flesh. Um, but probably of all the things that we're about to say, we have to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's verse, what, 25? I'm sorry, Um, I'm looking back at Acts 11. Verse uh, three?
0: Yes. No, no, verse two. Two, As they ministered to the Lord
1: and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Mm -hmm. When they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away.
0: Yeah, and I, I wanna hear you say, because I don't think we've ever addressed this, the issue of ordination. So we've got tons of growing leaders in LFBI, okay? tons of men and women on the trajectory towards the mission field, uh, men who are inclined to the pastorate, they they have they de- desire the office of the bishop. Why is the laying on of hands to signify the, the actual separation and the confirmation that God's at work in this? Why is that so significant? And, and why is it completely uh, um, not okay uh, for a man to simply say, I'm going? Okay, so
1: when, when we use the word ordination, we can think about ordaining as a pastor, mm-hmm. right? And we can also be thinking about the ordaining of, of a new work. Yes. Um, f- f- just using my own example, I was already a pastor here sure. at Midtown, and so so I was already ordained to the gospel ministry That's right. a few years previous to being sent out. Um, I had people who told me that if God put it upon your heart to, to plant a church in Lee Summit, you just need to do it even if Sam doesn't see it. Hmm. And I remember leaving those conversations. Uh that will never happen. Right. That will that will never happen. Yeah. For that very reason that I wanted the protection of my local church, I wanted the protection of my senior pastor. I I I was not going to presume in any regard that that I had some understanding as to what the Holy Spirit was saying without mm-hmm. without the the oversight, without the protection of of Pastor Sam Miles in my life, mm-hmm. and so I refused that. Yeah, uh, with with any, there was no, there was not even a thought. I didn't want because I I feared the Lord. I mean, really,
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: I didn't fear what Midtown would do. I wanted to be submitted to to my leadership, yeah. but I feared the Lord. Right. I didn't. I didn't want what I could get, and I, I sure. as, as, as as whatever, didn't want living faith to be the product of my doing. Yeah. Right. I, I wanted, I wanted God to be in that work. And so when we started doing our Bible study, which some people know about our history, um, it did seem like God was doing something. It seemed like God was, was was growing growing a work. We had 50 people uh, coming to a a Sunday night Bible study almost on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't going to move. Until God had confirmed it right. with the leadership at Midtown, and lo and behold, we we fasted and we prayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to Sam and said, "Hey Sam, I think I think God is doing something." I didn't tell him, "Hey Sam, you better you better get a move on because God's doing something." I'm leaving. Yeah, right, right, right. That would be foolishness. Um, but I did believe God was doing something, so I let my pastor know. Mm-hmm. I let him know, and uh, you know, I think he saw it as well. And, and yeah. from that, we both. Started praying. You were a part of that. We we all started praying. All the pastors at Midtown did, and, and God confirmed it. The Holy Spirit confirmed it. Yeah. So there was protection in it. Um, and so I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, you are. But for anyone who would want to be a church planter, uh, please don't just try to, to circumnavigate the leadership. Right, right. And if the church you're at is is not supportive of, of church planting and, and is not equipping you and is not a church about discipleship, well then okay, pray about that. Mm-hmm. But if God has called you and, and and you have found yourself in a submitted place, wait for the leadership. Right. Yeah. Wait for the leadership. You do not want to make it on your own.
0: Mm-hmm. And so in terms again, it goes back to this idea of the model. So like what are we going to look to for an example for that? Well, we have an example here in Antioch where you have Barnabas and Saul were actually in terms of their qualifications, they were leaders of the leaders. I mean, we're talking about the top guys on the totem pole, the church in Antioch, and they were still themselves unwilling to make a move until it was clearly identified uh, by the whole of the leadership that they yeah. were supposed to go.
1: Barnabas was was listed number one. Yeah. It, one could easily argue that Barnabas was the pastor right. of Antioch. Yeah. You can't say that. It's not It's not said. Right. He's the one who started them off in Acts 11, brought, brought Saul— but but he's the one who who Jerusalem sent. No one else. They sent mm-hmm. Barnabas. Barnabas is the first listed. Yep. In in this list. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manan, oh and also Saul. Yeah. Saul's the last. Yeah. I mean he's like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, him yeah. too.
0: Barnabas is he's a big it's shot. It's a powerful testimony of submission and authority within the structure of the local church. And we got to keep that in mind. I think it's important to that model. So you know, it, in terms of the story from that point on, we see two missionaries on a journey to plant churches. Um, you know, there's a—really, the book really opens up in a new way at that moment, and we highly encourage people to study that out. Take the Acts mm. class uh, here at LFBI and learn all about that. But as we as we come to the close of this episode, I think it's really important for you to be able to, from your perspective—you've already done a little bit of this—you're a church planter. You were sent. You were ordained, and then you were sent—the The work was ordained, and you've been out uh, uh, and and you've planted this church, and you're establishing a church. Four and a half years ago um, is when you guys were sent. Explain how the model church perspective informs the way you see your sending church, but then also how you practice as a church that's being established yourself.
1: So you asked me this question in an email already, so I was already ready for mm-hmm. for for this question. Um, I was I was. Sitting down with with Caroline, my wife, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I almost couldn't respond because I, I couldn't understand what it would be like if if we went out without having a model church. Now I, we have Antioch, you know, yeah, we, sure. we can see that, but without having a Midtown, and I, I was just thinking, like, I don't even know how to think about it. I, I to consider all the things that that we as Living Faith have at our disposal because we have a ascending church who's biblical of the book and not only that but 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 trained us up to the point to where we were able to have all the resources we need to to. I don't, I don't just go let's go mm-hmm. there's a lot more to say about church planting and all that okay there's a lot involved but to know that that we have a biblical example but also a, a realistic example right in our in, in our back pocket mm-hmm. is huge yeah i mean it, it's it's huge to have a discipleship process uh to have LFBI uh D2 um you know the nine principles you mm, know all these things yeah. that that are are interwoven in right. our DNA if you will it helps me just go right Let, let's just let's just move forward you know and and there's there's intricacies of every local church and every local church has to figure out their rhythm and and that's where you you can't be too like overbearing as a sending church, which Midtown has never been. Um, but at the same time, there's a need for DNA to be, to be passed down. Something transferred. That's been so healthy. I mean, I could go on and on talking about how, how healthy that has been for us as a, a sent church to have a church that we can look to. Um, Midtown's not perfect. We're not perfect, but man, there's so many good things that we can look at, uh, to then say, and how will we send?
0: That's That was my
1: next How will of, right. we then do it? Well, I don't have to figure all that out. Are we going to do things differently? I don't know. There, there might be some weird flex here or there, but but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't need to figure it out. The gospel is still the gospel, right? Discipleship is still discipleship. Uh, LFBI is still, man, what I would say is, is such a proper and healthy way of, of equipping the saints to that, Leadership level, mm-hmm. what what do I need to do again? That I mean, besides all of those things that are yeah, already laid out,
0: you you know the objectives they are clear, the DNA is present. Now you're free in whatever culture you whatever find yourself, culture I have to find myself. You have the flexibility and the liberty to address the true issues of that of that culture and and effectively minister because you always you already know what the mission is. I just
1: engage. Yeah, I engage. Yeah, um, and you know we don't make assumptions here or there, about where the culture is. Or, and, and I always have to realize that, that when people come in, that they're not gonna understand about nine principles or mm-hmm. the 18 lessons or this or that. So we constantly have to be like Barnabas. Yeah. Encouraging, yeah. you know, seeing the grace of God on these people. But it's so good to have a support system and a structure in place. Um, I could go on and on. Yeah. It, it's so healthy.
0: Well, Dan, I mean, I think the thing that I wanna say before we close the episode out is I'm, I'm so thankful that Lee Summit is growing and that the dna that life um has been transferred successfully there but i'm also super prayerful that you guys are in an antioch church yourselves mm-hmm. and that you are sending your, your very best your your best and brightest uh leaders are going to be planning church and churches and we're really excited about seeing god take things to that end so thank you so much for hanging out with me this is really p- powerful profitable i think for for lfbi listeners and and, and PostScript listeners, I think, to hear this. So, And we want to thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of the PostScript. And maybe you're listening in and you're thinking, um, man, I, I haven't heard this before. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't a model that I'm necessarily familiar with. Um, man, we, we are so thankful uh, that we have an opportunity to share this with you. And we would invite you to visit lfbi.org so you can learn more about what it looks like to have a church planting discipleship culture in your own life and church. Um, maybe you're a young believer and you're thinking to yourself, well, wh- what I need is what Barnabas provided uh, to the church in Antioch. What I need is investment in. And LFBI is actually built for you to minister in your local church. You don't ever have to leave, you don't have to go anywhere. You can, you can buckle down, you can be faithful to your pastor and the church leadership, and you can do work in your church while you grow in your knowledge of God's word and your ability to lead. Uh, you, you grow a greater understanding uh, of theology and um, a ministry philosophy, and you can do that in LFBI while you successfully and faithfully uh, serve within your local body. And so that's that's really the beauty of the structure and the way that we've built the school. And we wanna really encourage that because we wanna see all of the churches and all of the individuals that are involved in Living Faith Fellowship and in LFBI uh, grow to a place of leadership and and to see a church planting movement take place. So that's that's what we really want for you and that's what we desire. And if that interests you, we invite you to visit lfbi.org and check out what we have to offer. But uh, other than that, man, we're so grateful that you were with us today, that you listened to this episode, uh, that you gained some knowledge from God's word, and hopefully your heart was pricked. But we love you, and we hope to see you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless.